Good morning. I'm Duarte Geraldino. And I'm Shamita Basu. This is Apple News Today. Each morning, hear about some of the most fascinating stories in the news and how the world's best journalists are covering them. We're dedicating today's show to the clock that started ticking when Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg took her last breath. At a campaign rally in North Carolina this weekend, Trump announced he would move quickly to fill the vacant Supreme Court seat. It will be a woman, a very talented, very brilliant woman. Who I haven't chosen yet, but we have numerous women on the list. Justice Ginsburg died on Friday at 87 years old. She was just the second woman to serve on the Supreme Court. She was a defender of women's rights. And as the court became more conservative, she emerged as the leading liberal voice of dissent. Ginsburg famously said, women belong in all places where decisions are being made. And her story, her influence is not yet over. With less than 45 days to go into the election, Her death is setting off one of the most bitter partisan fights of modern times. It really is. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said this weekend President Trump's nominee will receive a vote on the floor of the United States Senate. And you'll remember McConnell refused to hold a vote for President Obama's Supreme Court pick, Merrick Garland, back in March of 2016. Back then, he was saying it was too close to the election. We're in the process of picking a president. And that new president ought to make this appointment, which will affect the Supreme Court maybe for the next quarter of a century. Even as she was dying, Justice Ginsburg was thinking about the fate of this country and what her open seat would mean for the court. In her final days, she dictated a statement to her granddaughter. She said, my most fervent wish is that I will not be replaced until a new president is installed. Whether the late Supreme Court justice gets her wish depends on the Senate math. Mm -hmm. The Washington Post and Box analyze the numbers. And right now, there are 53 Republicans in the Senate, 47 Democrats, including two independents who typically caucus with Democrats. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell needs at least 50 Republicans to vote yes in order to get a Trump nominee on the bench. And Vice President Mike Pence, well, he's the tiebreaker. Yeah, and as of right now, here's where that math stands. Two Republican senators have said in clear terms that they are opposed to nominating a new justice before the election. That's Lisa Murkowski of Alaska and Susan Collins of Maine, who, by the way, is in a very tight re-election battle. Another Republican, Chuck Grassley of Iowa, hasn't mentioned which way he'll vote since Ginsburg's death. But over the summer, he said he would not support a hearing this calendar year. According to The Washington Post's math, 21 Republicans have said for sure they would support a vote. And that leaves 29 Republicans whose votes are up for grabs. You know, The Washington Post got its hands on a letter reportedly written by McConnell on Friday, within which he cautions GOP senators, quote, keep your powder dry. Now, he was basically saying, if asked how you vote, less is more. Don't lock yourself into a position you'll later regret. And that's especially true for senators who are facing tight re-elections this November. You know, the way they position themselves on this issue might affect their race. Senators like Joni Ernst of Iowa and David Perdue of Georgia, they're both facing tough re-election bids. And back in 2016, they both supported Mitch McConnell's decision to postpone a vote on Merrick Garland, until after the election. Here's Purdue. The responsible course of action here, a course of action endorsed by both Democrats and Republicans for decades, 
is to refrain from initiating the nomination process in the midst of an election year political fight. The other big question is when to hold the vote, before the November 3rd election or after? Mm-hmm. Vox notes McConnell could seek to get a judge in place before the election, but it's going to be tight. According to the Congressional Research Service, it takes, on average, 70 days to confirm a new Supreme Court justice in the Senate. But with the election just 43 days away, McConnell and Trump would need to work incredibly fast to get it through. And the fact is, if this happens after the election, the Senate math might change by then. In Arizona's Senate race, it looks like Democrat Mark Kelly is the favorite to win over incumbent Republican Martha McSally. It's a special election, so the winner might be sworn in by the end of November. Now, if Mark Kelly wins, that changes the Republican majority from 53 strong in the Senate to 52. Meanwhile, you can guess what presidential hopeful Joe Biden is saying. He wants the next U.S. Supreme Court justice to be chosen by the sitting president come January. To jam this nomination through the Senate... It's just an exercise in raw political power. And I don't believe the people of this nation will stand for it. Next up, let's talk about voters. Leaving the seat vacant until the election would certainly motivate some voters in both parties to cast ballots in November. But who's going to feel that urgency the most? Aging Supreme Court justices and the prospect of reshaping the bench has drawn more Republicans than Democrats to the polls in recent presidential elections. But Ginsburg's death might be more of a draw for Democrats than the GOP this year. A Marquette University Law School poll conducted three days before Ginsburg's death found that the appointment of a new justice was very important to 59 percent of Biden supporters versus only 51 percent of Trump supporters. This lines up with a poll conducted last month by CNN and the independent research company SSRS. And to see the shift that you're talking about, Shamita, we just need to follow the money. Mm -hmm. The day after Ginsburg's death, donors to Democratic candidates set a new one-day fundraising record. They gave more than $42 million to the digital fundraising platform Act Blue. Meanwhile, the Wall Street Journal argues there's one major reason for Republican voters to want to make sure that their president gets to make the Supreme Court nomination. Abortion. The fight to overturn Roe v. Wade, which was the landmark 1973 ruling that established the right to abortion in the United States, it has factored into elections before. In 2018, the push to confirm Justice Brett Kavanaugh in the month before the midterm elections, it really energized conservative voters. The Republicans believe that it sealed the fate of three key Senate races that year. The defeat of Democrats Claire McCaskill of Missouri, Heidi Heitkamp of North Dakota, and Joe Donnelly in Indiana. No matter what, the Supreme Court will continue hearing arguments when the new term starts this October. Politico looks at some of the key cases that are going to be on the docket this fall, and all of them could be decided by who, if anyone, fills Ginsburg's seat by the time they're heard. And one of the key cases is about the future of the Affordable Care Act. You know, it's known as Obamacare. Mm -hmm. The court will hear oral arguments one week after the election. Without Ginsburg on the bench, and even if Chief Justice Roberts sides with the liberals, the health care law could be overturned, and all this while our nation is facing a pandemic that's killed 200,000 Americans. Biden says this election is now about the fate of health care. Millions of Americans were voting because they know their health care hangs in the balance. 
in the middle of the worst global health crisis in living memory. Donald Trump is before the Supreme Court trying to strip health care coverage away from tens of millions of families. As I mentioned earlier, abortion rights are also on the docket. The courts will consider several cases. One is about whether abortion medicine can be given to patients via telemedicine during the pandemic. Another one is about requiring an ultrasound before an abortion. NPR writes, advocates on both sides of this issue see this moment of reshaping the high court as a turning point for abortion law in this country. Ginsburg made her views on this issue very clear in her 1993 confirmation hearing. She said abortion is an essential component of women's rights. This is something central to a woman's life, to her dignity. It's a decision that she must make for herself. And when government controls that decision for her, she is being treated as less than a fully adult human responsible for her own choices. So the overturning of Roe v. Wade or even rolling back abortion access across the U.S. would also be undoing part of Ginsburg's legacy. Ruth Bader Ginsburg's death comes at a time when politics couldn't be more fraught. A third Trump appointee could change the future of the country for generations. For conservatives, this moment is an opportunity to solidify through the highest court American values they fear are being lost. For Democrats, this moment marks the possible erosion of the last branch of government that Democrats still have faith in. But Ginsburg believed real change, enduring change, happens one step at a time. And that's a direct quote. Listen to what she said at Harvard in 2015 when she was asked to give today's young women some advice. Fight for the things that you care about, but do it in a way that will lead others to join you. She lived by those words. And in doing so, she changed the course of history for American women. I've often said, what's the difference between a bookkeeper in the garment district and a Supreme Court justice? One generation, my own life bears witness. The opportunities open to my mother, who is a brilliant woman, and those open to me. So it's, it's, it's an exhilarating change. It's a permanent change. We are never going to go back. 